Hey y'all, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Take Control Podcast. You got Brandy here. And I am Darielle. And today we have a lovely, special, wonderful, amazing <laughs> guest. Okay. Yes. My friend, the doctor, hey. the doctor, hey. Maria. <laughs> what up, y'all? <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Kim couldn't be with us this week. Um, she is, you know, doing her final. So good luck, girl. We love you. Miss you here in spirit. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, good luck. The school is just stressful. I'm not prepared to go back in the fall. I'm not either. I'm really considering taking fall off too. Mm. I just, I, have, I gotta get my mind right. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Don't do it. I don't want to jump back into it and I'm not mentally prepared. Yeah, I am. I'm going to, but I can't say that I'm ready. So here we are. So do we got any announcements, any shout outs this week? Mm, I thought I did, but I don't. No. (laughs) Uh, No. I don't either. Well, can I just shout you guys out? Oh, <laughs> thanks. Thank you, yes, yes. No, when Brandy asked me to be on the show, I said, me? <laughs> because, I mean, y'all are just like the queen bees of the <laughs> podcast world. So take control. What? <laughs> Sign me up. So I, I'm humbled. I love you, friend. Thank you. Yes, y'all. Thanks definitely. for coming. Absolutely. Y'all are absolutely always doing y'all thing. Fresh with the topics, pushing, <laughs> you know, um, pushing the perspective. So shout out to Take Control Podcast. It's so funny because I have ran into somebody that listens to the show and he was like, um, y'all don't record every week anymore. And I'm like, no. Life. <laughs> no. Life. I'm like, no. I said, we're going to record next week though. So I was like, we just put out an episode. So but every week we can't do it anymore. No. Mm-mm. Your son on the last one. Oh, MJ. <laughs> yes. He's so funny. Oh, I've been playing that part over and over. <laughs> when I watch your video, it's so much more funny. Like, he was so upset. It's so <laughs> funny. When I was sitting there doing it, I was like, oh, the video would be perfect. That's why I texted you. Like, I hope you still got it. It was so good. I watched it like 10 times too. Yes. He was like, dang, man. I'm done. I was like, <laughs> Boy, that's not your business. <laughs> Mind your business. I know that's right. <laughs> we have to get the um, boys to come on one time and like just like kick it with us and just talk. Oh see if, if they would they be, be nervous. Crazy. <laughs> they would be crazy, especially Royce because he just has no filter. You should actually do a show. You might cry, but you should do. <laughs> You should do a show with Royce. That would be so cute. I would cry. Because he's like old enough to have a full conversation with you. Yeah. That would be dope. Okay, y'all. So we're not going to waste no time. Um, we're going to jump right into these topics. So the first topic is going to be, uh, I am not. I don't want to mispronounce her name, but I believe it's Shakari Richardson or is it Shakari Richardson? I feel like I saw a video and she said Shakari. Shakari. Okay. Yeah, but I kept saying it wrong. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so what's your guys' thoughts, opinions? Was she right? Was she wrong? Do you guys think she should be able to run? Weed is from the earth. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I feel like as a, a weed smoker, <laughs> I didn't see anything wrong with it. <laughs> but I do understand people saying like rules are rules. So, I mean, if you're playing a sport, you know what the rules are, then. And I know like people were saying like she was going through a lot with her mom. That was her way of coping. So I understand both sides. Yeah. yeah. So Definitely. Um, I think my thing is, it's like we were all really just rooting for her. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I was, I was a fan. Yeah. But like you said, it's like rules are rules. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just weed. But, you know, you're an elite athlete, you know, a former athlete myself, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you just really um, have to be aware of that stuff, you know, kind of putting it in your body and just wanting to compete at the highest level. But, you know, definitely losing a parent also in that club, um, you know, you just never know how you're going to respond until that time. Um, I'm just kind of curious uh, about her team, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the people around her, like, they know about it you know what I mean yeah. like I would just I would hope that people you know I mean would have tried to support her like yeah girl do that afterward right <laughs> right uh, but definitely like you said rules are rules um my thing about it is she was willing to serve the 30-day suspension yeah and then the dang on USA team kicked her off yeah now kick me while I'm down yeah <laughs> for sure for me, um, one, I feel like, okay, weed is not a performance-enhancing drug when it comes to running. <laughs> like, if anything, she's probably going to run slower mm-hmm. or at least feel like she's running slower. Um, but as I was telling y'all before we started recording, like, I'm more so looking at it as the system as a whole. So, like, a lot of the states, even though the Olympics, I believe, is not an American thing right mm-hmm. it's international it's international it's right so yeah so it's like at what point does it change with the times because weed is legal in a lot of states she was in a state that um where weed is legal so it's just like the system is kind of built uh, not to make it a black or white thing but like it's kind of built against us i just kind of feel like a lot of black athletes we're going to the Olympics this year. A lot of women were playing this year. You just kind of see it. It's just become a thing for our culture. Mm-hmm. And they had the issue with the swim caps. There is a team, I believe that's based in Africa, where the women naturally produce testosterone. They can't, mm-hmm. they can't compete. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it's kind of like, what y'all trying to say? <laughs> at the same time but again i do get that the rules are rules and she is holding herself accountable she's taking full responsibility for what she's done so like i understand the suspension but like you said for then the usa team to kick her off um was like for real what y'all trying to say here you know mm-hmm. i didn't like that but i think that she's young enough to where when the olympics comes back around she'll probably still be able to compete. It looks like a lot of the endorsements she was going to get, like Nike put out a statement and said that they were sticking by her, different things like that. So hopefully she can just recover um, and still perform at the highest level when the time comes around again. Um, yeah, due to COVID. Um, we'll they may not the even have it. Well, no, I've, I, I heard, I don't know how accurate it is. They said the Olympics will come back around in three years versus Aesthetic. four because, mm. of, because of COVID. So, you know what I mean? That puts her in a, yeah. you know what I mean? Better situation. Yeah. So hopefully she can just, you know, like I said, come back out 
on top of this and um hopefully we were talking about this uh in one of the group chats like i kind of wish she had a publicist or somebody to kind of prepare her mm-hmm. for these interviews and stuff because i just kind of feel like she maybe had some level of notoriety but then she just blew up so fast and it was like a extreme high to what could be considered an extreme low all in like a matter of two weeks maybe Mm -hmm. not even considering the fact that her mother passed away and how she found out about that it's just been like a crazy month for her so hopefully hopefully she can get a team around her of people that can kind of guide her in situations and how to speak to the press and different things like that so Mm -hmm. um miss richardson if you need a psychologist please (laughs) hit me up at the drmaria.com thanks yes For sure. I'm available, sis. Um, but I guess I am glad to see that she went to the ESPYs. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So she was there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, me, I probably would have been underneath the bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> not not out at all. But so shout out to her for, you know, just keeping it moving. For she sure. She seems to be in good spirits. Yeah. So. And that's the best part. So good luck to you, girl. We praying for you. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> So we found this thread on uh, Instagram and it says, do women have unlimited options when it comes to men? Um, The actual thread says, um, women have unlimited options in most cases, but still claim to have slim pickings. LOL, unbelievable. And it says, if I hand you 500 Skittles and tell you only 10 aren't poisonous, do you have unlimited options or slim pickings? It goes on to say, because y'all are not options, y'all are just available men. You do not meet anyone's criteria for a partner, fuck buddy, etc. Why why do y'all think because a woman wants a man that she that she's open to every man? So those was the two responses about women having unlimited options when it comes to men. What do you guys think? I mean, isn't like biologically there's more women than men? Yep. Yes. So <laughs> Numbers don't lie. <laughs> so no. Um, I, I to me, I I guess it just depends on what you consider an option. Like they said, you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. I, sure, I have options. Doesn't mean I have viable options. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I guess it just depends on what you're looking for in that moment because it's what the post said. Like, okay, you might not be a good partner, might not even be a good sex partner. So it's just like. <laughs> It's slim picking, so options doesn't always mean good options. So I agree. Yeah, I agree with that too. Mm-hmm. I, I have nothing else to add. <laughs> I would say they they would need to explain a little bit more. Like, okay, options, like what type of options? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, not everybody. And the same goes for men. Like, it depends on what you consider an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there may be a woman women that are flocking after you it doesn't mean you want them women mm-hmm. uh those women excuse me so i don't know just one of those things those uh twitter conversations and um this is a post i've seen this one this kind of like goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about but this was tweeted by a female um at return to mars <laughs> her name is tracy ellis sauce on uh twitter So it says, I really don't understand why women are hell bent on convincing men they don't have options. Even if you don't currently, there's always another nigga that will meet your needs. So yes, you do have options. Act like it. Um, 
And then she goes on to say, in any ways, usually a man trying to get to know you by inquiring about your options is not even a man you should be entertaining. He's literally asking how hard does he have to try? I just feel like women should not downplay their desirability to appease men. Yes, men like me. Yes, I am I am a desirable woman. And yes, I can easily replace you if you don't treat me respectfully. Now what? So when I seen that, I was mm. like, okay, sis. <laughs> like, I, on the flip side of that, it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Men want to take me out. Yes, I go on dates. Yes, I have conversations with several people. Again, and what? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, because... Men do it. Mm-hmm. They may not put it out there that they do it. Some women may not put it out there that they that that's how they move. But that is how a lot of people move. So it's like, are you against a little friendly com- competition? They are. So I, I think they are. Damn. I'm gonna say everybody, but men don't like that. <laughs> Damn. So. I feel like if Kim was here, she would say that she's always honest about <laughs> when she was dating, um, casually dating, that she would be honest with everybody. I'm the same way. It's just like, you not, you're not the only person I'm talking to. And I will sometimes even go as far as to give like a degree of what I may be, you know, having conversation with other people, mm-hmm. if it's serious, if it's not serious. But typically, if I'm serious with somebody or I feel like I'm getting serious with somebody, other people, everybody gets cut off anyway. Exactly. So if we're just like, if we're not serious, I don't know how much I like you yet. I'm not about to be just dating only you. Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two things for that. <laughs> One, I think just women who date, talk to multiple people just have a bad rap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be a hoe. Because mm-hmm. I'm, you know what I mean? Like exploring my options. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's false. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could be dating around to find the one and not right. be hoeing. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think just society, people just have the wrong idea about yeah. that. Because, you know, like if you said a man was doing it, then. It's not a problem. Right. But, you know, I'm in a serious relationship. So, uh, <laughs> um, but I'll just say this. When I was casual, when I was dating, because I'm not anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh, Shout out right, to you, boo. Right. Um, I could not keep up, y'all. Because I, listen, I be busy. And I just, I couldn't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was too much. Like. I think I got up to like three people at one point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> it's too much. It is a lot of work. Yeah. Like, let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Especially if it's like consistently going out on dates yeah. or like talking on the phone or texting three people yeah, all at the same time. Like, it good. does get to be too much. I don't yes. even like people like that. It's like, that's like this ain't pandemic dating. This was like you could go out, go out. So like, listen, I go to bed early. So who's getting this good night sex? I don't know because I can't keep up. So yeah, I'm just really not about that life in, in real life. But I support people who yeah. do. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that women should explore quote-unquote options that they may have um date outside the box go on dates with different people because i feel like that's the only way you're gonna find out what you like right and i think i've said that on the show before like you can't you don't know what you like until you know or at least find out what you don't want you know what i mean so i i am in full support of women dating and exploring again said options and 
texting people and all of that. If you're going to have sex with several people, just wrap it up. Wrap it up. (laughs) (laughs) Just wrap it up. I guess I have a question to that. Okay. So, you know, those three guys. (laughs) (laughs) Like, way, way long time ago, right? (laughs) So, like, one of them I knew. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like sometimes we date around, but you be knowing for real. Like, okay, they really not it, but I'm going to still keep talking. Like, why do people do that? Why do you? I mean, I don't want to say my answer on, on air. But, uh, but, uh, go ahead. So is it is the question like, why do you just keep certain people around? Yeah, like why do you, because you know we're saying like, okay, you should go out, you should explore your options, yeah. get to know people. I think people take that to the extreme. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yes, you're still trying to get to know them, but like, it don't take that long. Yeah. You know, but you still keep you them keep, around. True, true. <sighs> I think some people. <laughs> I don't answer. I think... Here, I'm not gonna invite me back. Okay, thank you guys. I appreciate the time. I think that some people keep people around because they may be cool, but it's not like I want to be serious with you or I want to be in a relationship with you. Like I enjoy your company. We may have fun when we're together. If it's sexual, like the sex may be good, but I don't see it moving past that. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of women now that are in that space where it's like, yeah, you cool to kick it with, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't be in a relationship with you. Yeah. I think that they think it's, you know, levels to it. So that may be one thing. And then some people are just bored and want to <laughs> have people around. I think that's what it comes down to. I agree. And I think, too, it's like, depending on who the person is if it's somebody you know really well you've been messing around with for a while but you know you shouldn't it's like i'm comfortable with this person like brandy said i enjoy their sex i enjoy your company you ain't good for me but you know and i mean a lot of women like toxic shit to be honest so unfortunately gonna do better y'all yeah and people like me be needing healing so i'll be dating the wrong type of niggas <laughs> we're not doing therapy today i promise i promise <laughs> Listen, <laughs> listen, it's crazy out here. Crazy. Okay, so this is a, a do you agree or disagree post. Um, okay, it says um, men have to now get women to like them and a lot of men aren't likable. Um, what went wrong with marriage in this generation? Men don't trust women and women feel like they don't even need men anymore. What the fuck <laughs> was this spark to all of this? Okay, so the guy goes on to say, let's be honest about the situation. How many generations of men in history have ever had to get women to like them in order to have women be with them? We're probably the first to ever have to do this, so nobody knows what to do. We're two generations removed from a woman not being able to have a bank account without a man. Three to four removed from when they couldn't buy a home, couldn't work, couldn't get educated. They couldn't do shit without a man. Women quite literally used to need a man. So they had to be with somebody regardless of if they like the man or not. Today, they truthfully don't. They can leave your ass. <laughs> they can leave your ass and be perfectly fine. Hell, some of them might be better off. Says your grandfather was probably a horrible husband. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, the stories you hear. Right. <laughs> so then he goes on to say, like, at best, he was probably emotionally distant and patriarchal. Niggas used to have 
two whole families miles apart from each other and was emotionally abusive to both. That's not flying today. And truthfully speaking, it shouldn't. A lot of men want the same relationship they saw their families had, but never thought to ask, were the women happy in those situations? The real answer is a lot of them weren't. So fast forward to today where a woman, truthfully speaking, doesn't need your ass. You got to come harder than your ancestors. Got to have some substance. And a lot of these niggas just don't. Got no substance. And then he says in parentheses, he says, in parentheses, not me, though. Y'all be safe out there and follow your boy. I'll follow back. <laughs> um, I think it's a lot of truth to that. Um, like, especially the grandparents part. Like, my grandparents didn't even sleep in the same room. So Mine don't either. My uh, parents barely. Yeah, so I know that... <laughs> to put my family business out there but like i know that my grandfather like had a mistress for Mm -hmm. years so um actually both grandparents on both sides so i think it's some truth to that like women probably that was just the times like you you get a husband you have a family you stay you you know cook clean that's your role Mm -hmm. but then when the war happened wars happened women had were forced to go and get jobs and stuff and so we just kind of naturally evolved from there so i think it's a lot of truth to that um what was interesting to me also is that he said that men today want the relationship or the marriage that they saw that their parents or grandparents had Mm -hmm. never really asking if the woman was happy they just seen she stayed home she cooked she cleaned she Mm -hmm. took care of the kids dad went to work grandfather went to work but never really digging deep deep enough to find out if both parties were even Happy. Yeah, families don't yeah. talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, man. Y'all need to um, <laughs> get some substance, according to old boy. <laughs> to be fair to the men, um, I don't think they're equipped. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you said, all women, we've evolved. You know what I mean? We're getting all this education, taking on these leadership roles. And you know what I mean? Like we're almost nurtured to be... Um, you know aware of our emotions and you know Mm -hmm. we have support systems where we can communicate and talk things out where men really aren't provided a lot of those opportunities yeah you know what i mean like they're not reared in that way Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's like they're almost kind of like um behind in a way and so i think women today are demanding so much Mm -hmm. from a man and it's not their money it's not the tangible things it's like i need you to be emotionally available i need you to be able to Mm. communicate effectively yeah you know what i mean um and not to say all men you know what i mean or to let them off the hook but i just think they haven't had the experience or the practice and it goes back generations yeah you know what i mean like when you talk about those grandfathers they weren't sitting down talking about, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. you hurt my feelings, you know? Like, <laughs> nah, me, like, you know? So it's like, they want that, but no one was telling them, well, this is how you have a successful yeah. family or marriage. So I think everybody is learning, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I grew up in a two-parent household. My parents got together when they were 16 and 17, you know, like married till my father passed. Mm-hmm. But we also didn't like talk about conflict. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like everybody went to their own corners and mm-hmm. then when he was like done being mad, you came back out 
and we have family dinner. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, so that's something like I've had to kind of learn and struggle through and fail mm-hmm. and figure out because I can't be in relationship with people. <laughs> Especially like BB, <laughs> and, and we ain't talking about it. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm like, oh, I don't like conflict. Like, no, we got. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. have to take the necessary steps. And so people just didn't have those. Yeah. yeah. I feel like my family they're better now, but you know, growing up, like they weren't really affectionate. We, you know, we never hugged or kissed or said I loved you. So when I, you know, started being around my stepdad's family, they're very loving and touchy-feely people. And I'm just like, ugh, like, stop touching me. Don't kiss me on my cheek because it was foreign to me. But now, you know, or like when my mom would get mad, we just went and talk and then she was like, like everything, nothing happened. But now, um, <clears throat> now we're more... Um, open with talking about stuff and you know hugging each other and saying I love you and me my mom and my two sisters we actually do like shadow work once a week I don't know if y'all know what that is but basically like so my sister looks up these prompts and if you google shadow work it's like little questions where you just like get deep like our last one was like what are some um things in your past that keep coming up or what are you most excited about about your future and things that you regret so we all sit and we talk about it and stuff like that so um but yeah so back to the men (laughs) being emotionally unavailable that I, I definitely agree with that and it's frustrating because I feel like a lot of men be looking at us and be like, why are y'all so emotional? And I just be like, isn't that normal? Aren't you supposed to be that way? Like, how do we come to some type of like common ground? Because I know it's foreign to them. And it's like, we try to be patient. We try to teach them, but it's like only so much you can do. And that's the frustrating part. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think the men have to be, they have to recognize that they have this deficiency (laughs) (laughs) and they have to be willing, you know what I mean? Just to kind of, put in the work yeah and so maybe it's they gotta find the right one to yeah I think it has to be both parties have to be open like we have to be open to some level of teaching because I have friends that are like I'm not teaching no nigga you know what I mean like I think with anybody any relationship of any Mm -hmm. form there's going to be some level of teaching someone how to love you and be present for you um and then I think like you said first men have to recognize that it's a deficiency (laughs) (laughs) and then be open to trying to change it but what's interesting to me i don't think the post is on the outline but the post that was circulating today like the things men want women to know i put that on there okay okay so we'll (laughs) we'll come to that at the end then to start we'll circle back with that but it's kind of like the outline. yeah i think they validated what i'm saying yeah they did i'm like i think they want to be in touch unless you want to okay yeah don't okay so I'm sure a lot of y'all seen it today. I'm only going to read a couple of things off of it. Um, yeah, my boo posted it. And I, and wanted, I wanted to text him like, so what you ain't getting? <laughs> what you didn't <laughs> So it's so funny because I believe it was him. I just know I commented back to somebody who was like, it's so interesting to see how many women are out of tune with men. Mm-hmm. And fine, I, yeah. Okay. And I responded <laughs> like, well, or they just, or y'all just don't communicate these things. Like, y'all got on Twitter to say this instead of whoever your partner is or your whomever is in your immediate circle to be like, hey, I got these feelings. I don't know what to do with them. I, and I don't understand that. It's just like, and then when we come to them and be like, okay, 
What's on your mind? Let's talk. Oh, girl, like, do not say that. Nothing. Like, what? Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> nothing. Right. Oh, it didn't come up for me, but I got it on my story. Um, okay, so <clears throat> it says men are sharing the things they wish women knew about them. Um, one says, just because I'm not talking doesn't mean I'm not enjoying my time with you. Um we actually want to be complimented too. A 60-year-old woman complimented me five years ago, and it still makes me feel good, which just shows how little we get compliments. Wait, can we go back to one? Okay. <laughs> because what do you mean? Girl, I had to learn that. I, I, that frustrates me. When it's just like, y'all out, and he just not saying nothing, he just on his phone, I'm just like, hello, do you not see me here? Like, what are mm. you doing? Wait, they're on their phone, or they're just not anything both i don't get it the phone thing would be a, probably an issue for me yeah um the not saying anything i felt this one because i like to be in a room with somebody and we just not talking like I'm, we don't have like i don't want to always engage in thought-provoking conversations sometimes i just want to sit and watch tv or just like lay or just have like simple conversation I mean, that i understand <laughs> but when y'all out though why would you be quiet? If we at home, that's different. I don't know. I guess I need more context. <laughs> that's fair. But no, I. it's funny because I'm always looking to pull stuff out. Like, you all right? <laughs> like, I what's that going too. on? And was like, I'm good. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> really? So it's just one of those things where you trust that, you know what I mean? When they say they're good, they're good. Yeah. And then if they're not, that they will speak up. But it's like, I think for them, you gotta, they want to know that there is a safe space mm. that they can come and land when they need to. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to land when we ask them. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I had to accept that because usually when I know something wrong, something's wrong, I'll keep, pressing the person like tell me like what is the problem and they just to the point where i'll piss them off it's just like never mind see i take I, every everything for face value if you tell me you okay <clears throat> you okay and that's how men are <laughs> oh my god they're so <laughs> face value and so specific yeah it's like i can do that but if you looking like you got a fucking attitude i'm not okay with that if you're okay then i'm gonna need you to be okay but even with that i'm not gonna pull it out of you so if you upset and you ain't you come talk to me when you yeah. ready to talk about it. So if you say you okay, then we just gonna go with you okay. But right. I also think that at the last minute God was like, woman. So I, you know, <laughs> we'll I, see. I'm the person <laughs> that'll say I'm okay and I'm not okay. Yeah. I'm working on it though. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I have to give like a cold word now, <laughs> where I'll be like, we'll talk later. Yeah, because sometimes I'm just not ready to talk to about talk it. Him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, or I'm trying to figure it out myself. So it's like. I don't want to talk about it right then and there. Yeah. But I still want to be like, okay, in that moment or whatever we doing. Right. You know what I mean? So I know it from both sides. Makes sense. So the we- next one actually says that. It says we aren't great with hints. Communication is king. Uh, next one says when we tell women that we don't know how we feel about something it's usually true and we genuinely don't understand how we are supposed to feel I personally wasn't allowed to express emotions growing up and it turned into me being uh, it turned into me me it turned into me not being able to understand my emotions Uh, this one I thought was really good it says I really like to hang out with my friends because I love them not because I don't want to spend time with you um yeah 
And I had to think about that because, like, I love spending time with y'all. Like, hanging out with my friends. Like, mm-hmm. I always say, like, I want to be able to enjoy romantic love the way I enjoy my friendship love. Yeah. So, like, hearing a man say that is almost reassuring for me where it's kind of like, okay, don't trip if he want to spend time with his, with his yeah. friends. So... Gary, <laughs> like fuck that. She is not <laughs> at all. Okay? No, I'm not. Damn. I'll just say I'm perfectly fine with it because I want you to have your own life. Yeah. And when I go out, don't be asking much yeah. question. But then it's also like you gotta have a balance. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like with anything. Like I shouldn't be going out five days a week you know, with five days a week with mm-hmm. my girls, you know what I mean? And like leaving you with the 30 minute high and by. So it's yeah. just got to be a balance. I agree. I'm okay with that. I think my issue, and it just could have been the type of person I was dealing with, but it's just like, it seemed like, you know, when he would go out with his friends, they turn up having a blast, going to the club, kicking it. And then when it's with me, it's just like, <laughs> dry <laughs> I'm just like what is the problem I like to turn up <laughs> okay. so maybe, well one of them didn't it say like they like to be axed out yeah so um it did yeah that they men want to be approached um men like gifts and compliments was a lot of them um they want women to make the first move there was one about not being able to get hard and it just happens <laughs> like, I was like oh really like it just happened okay yeah, yeah it said like if they don't that doesn't mean that they're not attracted to you or something like that sometimes they're just not in the mood yeah that one I was like oh okay <laughs> um these were really good though this one was good it says we get angry we get depressed we get sad. We want to cry and be held at times too. Being told by one of my exes that real men don't cry when I was at a really low point only further pushed me down that dark hole. Please don't do that. This shit hurts and that shit hurts and it sticks with us. Uh-huh. Right. I'm like, damn, that's There was one though. I was like, mm. well, maybe I took it personal where <laughs> it said um, it's hard to get over you. So, um, oh, oh yeah, that? that was like one of the first ones. And I think it was, I think they were saying because they don't have the support system to kind of like talk about it. And so I'm like, so you bringing your baggage to my new relationship? Yeah, <laughs> this is it. It says it's hard to get over you after a breakup. We don't really have emotional support systems in place to rely on. And a lot of men have small so- social circles. So losing someone means a lot to us. Yeah. So that might be, you know what I mean, when you are meeting people and they just, it's not working because, yeah. you know what I mean, they ain't got their full head in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, we can be uncomfortable with unwarranted physical contact as well. Um, tell us more about what you like in bed. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. men just need alone time. If you don't want to hear the truth about something, don't ask me to tell you the truth because I'm going to tell you the truth every time. Playing hard to get does not work at all. Um, they say they don't care about you know makeup and all of that if they don't love you without makeup then they're not a good person Um, our feelings get hurt but we're trying to suck it up and deal with it because of that we have a tendency to be really bad we we have a tendency to be really bad at communicating our feelings 
Um, men need a workshop. Can we have a workshop for men? Yes, girl. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. I know somebody that's actually trying to start something like that. I won't put their name out because I don't know if they want that mm-hmm. information released. But some someone is trying to do that. And my favorite one, which was, <coughs> was the last one, they like to be the little spoon because I like to be the big spoon. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to be a big spoon. My hip get the hurt in. I gotta turn over and I'ma just cuddle you. <laughs> yeah, like I rather I rather cuddle you than you cuddle me. It'd be hot. Just... It do. It'd be hot, but I, I, I do be like to be feeling, but I don't want a spoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so moving on, um, trauma bonding. We went, I feel like we went up and then we and right. went down. Yes. Uh, Dario, you might have to pull it up for me because it took me to the same post. Um, let me try something. Hold on. Listen to you. Okay, got it. I got it. Okay, trauma bonding and ways to identify it. Uh, Dario, can you please read this? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> It's going to be a struggle. It says trauma bonding is loyalty to a person who was destructive. It occurs because of cycles of abuse followed by intermittent love or reward. This treatment creates a powerful emotional bond that is extremely hard to break. People often don't realize they are in a trauma bond while others outside the relationship can clearly see its destructive pattern. According to Dr. Patrick Carnays, I don't know how you say that. These type of destructive attachments are known as betrayal bonds. Never heard of that. And can take place in any context where a relationship can be formed. They can occur in romantic relationships, friendships within the family and the workplace. Then it talks about the seven stages of trauma bonding. Um, the first one is love bombing. They shower you with um, excess love, flattery, and appreciation in order to gain your affection. Number two says trust and dependency. They do everything to win your trust and make you depend on them heavily for their love and validation. Three, criticism. They gradually start criticizing you. They blame you for things and become more demanding. Four is gaslighting. When things go wrong, they tell you that is that it's your fault. They make you doubt your own perceptions and manipulate you into believing their narrative. Five, um, resigning to control. Uh, you no longer know what to believe, but your only way of experiencing the good feeling of stage one is by giving in and doing things their way. Six, loss of self. When you fight back, things get worse. You settle for anything to have some peace and make the fight stop. You lose all of your confidence. And the last one is addiction. You get addicted to the highs and lows. Your body is on a constant cortisol high stress and craves dopamine pleasure. This creates a cycle of dependency that feels a lot like a drug addiction. Um... Oh, this is a good one. It says, if you identify yourself in a trauma bond, remember the first step towards breaking free from a trauma bond is recognizing it, reconnecting with reality and making a decision to step away. Trauma bonds can occur because of childhood or unresolved past trauma. Because of its addictive nature, it can be difficult to break free on your own. It is recommended that you seek the support of a psychotherapist or recovery expert. 
both men and women can be victims in a trauma bond. Um. <clears throat> all right. <laughs> it's so, a lot. <laughs> I never really heard of it before recently, but the more I read about it and try to do as much research as possible, I could see how that could be true. I feel like maybe I have been in situations like that before. Mm. So, I, I heard of it. I never really knew what it was or took the time to go and like look for myself. But I guess in my mind, I thought it was like whatever like life experience that I had maybe attracted or some or it pulled someone closer to me based off of their experience. So maybe like an abuser and abusee. Like, you know, I watch my mom, not me personally, but mm-hmm. example, like watching a parent get abused and then you end up with an abuser or something like mm-hmm. that, like two different forms of trauma, but they connect in we'll some kind of way. At risk, it makes you a lot more vulnerable. Yeah. So we brought Dr. Maria on here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, we don't know what the fuck we talking about. <laughs> Shh, girl, no, um, it's funny. I full transparency because that's just my style. I was telling them like, yeah, really heard of this term. Um, it's just not like a commonly used term um, in the psychology world. Um, but you know, we can trust. <laughs> but the concept really um, is true. Um, for me, it's really centered around like domestic violence mm-hmm. or intimate partner violence. And so with that, that can be like in a dating relationship or anything more serious where there is an abuser and then there is a victim. Mm -hmm. And so um, a lot of research and literature around domestic violence, they have developed what's called the power and control wheel. Mm -hmm. And so it really kind of mimics that seven stages um, that Dariel mentioned and so when we talk about intimate partner violence, um, it really is rooted in that sense of uh, the abuser wanting to have full control um, mm. and power over that individual. Um, that's solely what it is. Mm-hmm. And so when you mention like anyone could be a victim, um, it's true, you know, um, because it starts with that sort of honeymoon stage. Um, you know, they're very kind of skillful in the sense of they kind of get you isolated and dependent mm. upon them. And then the abuse happens. And a lot of times it happens fairly gradually, um, or where they will kind of try certain things out. Like, you know, if we're speaking physically, like they might push you the first time, you know what I mean? And then that cycle is like, they then, you know, are extremely apologetic gifts may come, whatever, um, you know, they might, uh, that movie baby boy you (laughs) but you know me and then the next time you know it might be a push and a slap you know Mm. or emotional might be you know telling you like "Mm, you look fat in that dress you know i mean so again it becomes a lot more gradual because then they're like no i'm just gonna buy your clothes you know or or different things but it's that constant cycle so when you talk about um trauma bonding i think it's this idea of it's a psychological response where people feel that they have now become so dependent on this person um, for a lot of the practical things that they mm-hmm. need. Um, or really all areas, you know, finances, emotions. Um, and so 
I did my research. Um, it was sort of the idea that they have sympathy for their abuser. Mm. Um, they make excuses or they try to rationalize it to say, um, you know, they, they weren't like this before, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what happened or, you know, like something happened. And so, and so I always, with people I've worked with who have been in these type of relationships, I would say, well, of course it was good at one point yeah. because if not, then you would have never gotten into the relationship. Right. You know what I mean? But, you know, when we're getting them to the place of, you know, intervention, it's like, but now it's not good anymore, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's just kind of like, you know, toxic, vicious cycle that people get in. And so I think for those victims, they really feel like they can't um, get out of the situation or it may be too hard to get out of the situation. And especially when somebody... Um, abuses you psychologically or emotionally that's a different level of like hurt and abuse Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like we all know like physical wounds will heal but when you got me to the point where I you know have no confidence in myself so it's kind of like well if I leave this relationship like you know and I believe like I am nothing I have nothing then I'm more likely to then stay um so yeah but then it made me think about possible personality disorders Mm -hmm. um so there's different ones and i think that oftentimes um goes either undiagnosed or it's not really talked about you know i mean when you Mm -hmm. think about like mental illness people don't really talk about or personality disorders but it's a very real thing Mm -hmm. um and so you have people like who are borderline or histrionic um, who the personality is really about being in these, um, you know, very erratic or, um, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, like difficult relationships, you know, mm-hmm. like they see you as a bad object, you know. Um, so that's kind of like part of their personality um, where it's like I'm getting abused, but but no, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and not making fun of it, but you know, unfortunately, and a lot of times people with those kind of illnesses will find each other. Like working at a hospital, you hear so many times about patients who come in who say they like their current, like boyfriend or girlfriend, they met in a psych ward, Mm -hmm. you know, so people got to get together, you know, because they're kind of feeding off of, this you know toxic energy like crazy like show crazy yeah yeah i mean and dysfunction is normalized for them like right it's normal yeah so so yeah it's really unfortunate you know um for people to get into those situations yeah it really made me think about i know me and brandy did a show about um like a domestic violence show or I don't remember what we named it. it was so long ago but it just made me think about a relationship I talked about before where like and now that I'm listening to you I can't really remember like what excuses I gave him but I think it was one of those things where like my parents used to fight a lot I don't remember anything else about my parents being together except for the time that they fought mm-hmm. and so when I you know turned like 18 19 I'm in this relationship 
me finding with that person was normal mm-hmm. and you know him apologizing or at one point I remember like he would he took my cell phone because he said he had to use it and one day he sold it to somebody and I could not call any of my family I couldn't call my friends and I think at the time like um he was staying with his grandparents and I just remember he would literally leave me in their basement and be gone all day and I think that was part of him like isolating me from everybody I couldn't talk to anybody and I just kept going back and my family ready to fight him ready to fight his family and I'm just like it pulled me away from him even more because I'm like y'all need to relax like it's not that deep it's crazy like yeah well that's when you talk about trauma, yeah. right? And I think that's the piece where people really have to understand is trauma a lot of times is it's life-threatening, right? Mm-hmm. It's this significant event where, um, you know, something happens. Yeah. But what trauma does, the impact of it, it really changes the way you think. You know, it changes the way you think about yourself. Mm-hmm. It changes the way you think about people. And it can change the way you think about the world. Yeah. So just you saying like you grew up watching your parents argue. Some would say that's that was traumatizing, but especially in the black community, we we, not, we don't label it as that. Right. You know what I mean? But as a kid, you know, that could be fairly traumatizing. And so for you, again, that shaped your your view on how men and women are supposed to interact you know like i'll give you another example so i work with um a lot of kids and there was this one maybe fifth fourth or fifth grade and so he needed something so they were in the gym but um he needed something out of the classroom and he was asking the teacher could he go get it or he wanted her to go get her something she was like no we're in gym you know Mm you get it later and so he just like starts cussing her out, starts calling her all kinds of names. And so um, this was, I was like consulting at that time. So I was there and I talked to him, I said, you know, and after talking to him for a little while, he was like, well, that's how my mom like handles things. Like when she needs to mm-hmm. get things done or I think he gave an example, like we're somewhere, you know, and they don't give us what we need. Like that's what my mom does, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And so it's learned behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, and for him, that was normal. Mm -hmm. Like that was okay to do, Mm -hmm. you know? And so. That's sad. It it (laughs) is, but it's like, so psychology is the study of human behavior. And so it's like, so that's how we can understand people's behaviors and, and thinking, you know what I mean? Because, of those experiences. And so we really undermine um, these traumatic experiences um, and don't recognize the, the impact that they have. Yeah. I'm happy that like you're here to talk about this because I also feel like, like we said, like we, you weren't familiar with the term. We weren't familiar with the term. And although like, I love that Instagram and Twitter is available for people to find out about stuff and, I guess, learn more about situations. I think Instagram and Twitter is good for also just slapping something on a thing and calling it a thing. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Whereas like there's an actual profession 
like psychology that you said studies human behavior and the way you just explained it broke it down to the point where she's like yo I remember like this happening to me and maybe being able to like actually again call it what it is Mm -hmm. you just said the the control wheel and things like that so it takes me to a point of like telling our listeners like this is why it's important to go to therapy or to go to talk to somebody Mm -hmm. like not to always just look at Instagram and identify with these things that you see, mm-hmm. but you still can't really identify what it is. You just know whatever it is, it resonates with you, but you don't, you can't put a name on it. Yeah. So like being able to put a name on a situation and identify a thing. And we always talk about this, like our pastor, you know, he says a problem undefined is a problem undefeated. You can't define it. You can't defeat it. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that you're here. And I thank you for being here to kind of like break that down. I think it's going to help somebody like, the whole excuse part, like Dario said, we had a show. And for me, it was like, he's experienced so much loss. He just had a parent die. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't leave him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, meanwhile, we physically fighting almost every day. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So crazy. Nonetheless. Um, but yes, I love that you're here to like. Yeah. I feel like I'm packing stuff in my <laughs> yes. mind. I'm like, okay. Yeah. That's why I am the way I am. Like, yeah. that was my first relationship as a quote-unquote adult Mm -hmm. and it was bad it was abusive more verbally than physically but I think then I learned like okay well if you're talking to me crazy then I'm gonna put my hands on you put your hands on me I'm gonna put my hands on you too and I took that on with me like it's really crazy I'm really just thinking now like hmm we call that insight or self-awareness. <laughs> so yes. when you gain that sense of insight, you know, you kind of make those connections. A lot of clients that I work with, they'd be like, oh my God, how did yeah. you just like make that connection? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, but it's like one of those things when you're like knee deep in it, of course, you know what I mean? You don't see it. You don't mm-hmm. see it. That's why they say work with a professional because one, they're objective. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not just going to tell you what you mm-hmm. want to hear. Right. Like, no, sis, you're messed up <laughs> because this yeah um but it's great to have good insight you know but i'll tell the listeners you know don't just stop there yeah you know what i mean because when you start to unpack that stuff you know um it could be really heavy yeah yeah but and it's the idea when you you know that old saying like when you know better you do better better yeah um but it's hard though because then you find yourself now you have to um you know do away with old habits or ways of doing things or even thinking mm-hmm. and now adapt this new way of thinking like, okay, no, it is not okay for me to put my hands on a man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I have to respect him. And then if he's not respecting me, then I need to not have him in my life. Right. You know what I mean? So it takes that's that takes work yeah yeah you know you have to undo all of those years of you know it's the programming it's it's yeah. the programming that we like we're literally computer systems like <laughs> restructuring all of that is crazy mm-hmm. um there was something else I was oh i was gonna say another interesting part of that is like you were talking about your experience with your with your ex and it's like i wonder if he even identifies like no that issue you know what i mean and it probably comes from seeing how his parents interact yeah. with each other like that's probably normal to him leaving you in the basement or taking your phone and like something like that's crazy right well i i mean and it's like and on one hand i would love to have that conversation with him because i feel like it's a lot of things that i haven't forgiven or healed from 
But I think I told y'all this on the show before. He maybe I didn't. It could have been off air. Well, I know who it's about. So. Yeah, when he was like lying to yeah you to did. my child, and I'm you just talked like, about it. Why would you say that these things didn't happen when they happen? Like, I think people when they think about abuse, they think like, oh, you just waking up every day, and you whooping my ass. Like, no, you putting your hands on me. Period. Whether it's once, twice, fifty times, it's abuse. Verbal abuse, like, and then it frustrates me when I'm talking to my friends and they be like, oh my God, you know, you look pretty, you look fine. Stop thinking like that. And it's just like, okay, I, I get it. I appreciate that, that y'all trying to be positive, but you have to understand, like, I come from a dad that I felt like didn't love me because he wasn't there. My first real relationship was with a guy that found all these issues wrong with me and would tell me every day. So it's just like, to me, I don't see what y'all see. So, like, cut me some slack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm thankful for therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. All right. So, before we start crying, because I feel it, feel it coming. Listen, Uh I was tearing up when she was talking about the kid. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Um, We're going to move on to understanding empathy. Um, this is also a topic we found on Instagram. So it says empathy "Empathy is the ability to emotionally understand what other people feel, to see things from their perspective and to imagine yourself in their position. Okay. I need my glasses. There are, (laughs) do you want me to read it? (laughs) Please. I'm trying to see where, did you read the first one already? Yeah, I read the first one. Damn. Now, I do know about empathy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I actually teach that to people. Okay. According to the Greater Good Science Center at the University of California, Berkeley, researchers often differentiate between two types of empathy. Effective empathy, this refers to the sensations and feelings we get in response to others' emotions. This can include mirroring what the person is feeling or just feeling stress when we detect another's fear, or anxiety. Cognitive empathy. This refers to our ability to both identify and understand other people's emotions. With cognitive empathy, we can imagine what it might be like in the other person's situation. Um, Cognitive empathy lends itself to the idea of putting ourselves in someone else's shoes. There is also somatic empathy, which involves having a physical reaction in response to what someone else is experiencing. For example, when you see someone someone else feeling embarrassed, you might start to blush or have feelings of secondhand embarrassment. It's interesting. Um, empathy does not come naturally to everyone, but there are everyday habits that you can adopt, which helps to cultivate and practice empathy in simple ways. Which is really crazy because I've come across some people who lack empathy and it drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't understand it. (laughs) That they don't have empathy? Yes. I feel like I've learned it over time. I feel like I've gotten better with it. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, I know like before, a lot of my responses would just be like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable right now. But um, I feel like as I've gotten a little older and understand it better, I'm able to, like, definitely seeing the other perspective, like someone else's perspective, I'm better with that. So, yeah. Hmm. 
All right, Dr. Maria. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. Right, I was doing great. Um, no, I mean, it's really kind of all of those things that you guys said. Um, I like um, when I talk about it to other people or kind of what she read is that it's really opposite of sympathy. Mm-hmm. Like sympathy is like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, yeah. like feeling bad for someone. But for empathy, it's like, like you said, really putting yourself in that person's shoes and you might find yourself even like crying with them. Yeah. You know, um, and empathy is also not you saying, oh, I understand or, you know, always quick to provide like a solution. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just kind of allowing a person like that space to experience and feel what they're feeling mm. you know what I mean versus like okay this happened to me and this is what I did and this is what you should do mm-hmm. you know what I mean that almost sometimes really shuts a person down um and it's counterproductive mm-hmm. you know what I mean it's like I know you're trying to be helpful but like I just need you to like let me yeah <laughs> like you know experience this so yeah empathy is just really showing up emotionally for a person um yeah i think that's the good thing about building new friendships like i feel like using youtube as an example like i've learned to be like okay what do you need in this moment Mm because i'm very solution based so it's like okay What's the resolution? <laughs> <laughs> right, girl. That goes back to men and women. Oh, my gosh. Like, I don't need you to provide me with a solution right now. Right. Because I'm going to panic first and think about it later. Like, just, I need my moment. But I'm going to show up and I'm going to make sure I figure it out. Yeah. But let me cry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, somebody who is em- empathic, they will say things like, wow. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't imagine going through that type of relationship at such an early age like Mm -hmm. wow that must have been extremely tough you know what I mean like that's me being empathetic versus like oh I'm so sorry yeah (laughs) or I hate when people be like you be all right like why are you crying like well that's just dismissive and rude yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah so be more empathic people please yes all right, so the next topic is codependency. Um, another Instagram um, thread. So it says, six signs you are codependent. You feel the need to focus on other people and their problems, even at the expense of your mental and physical health. You have difficulty setting boundaries because you're afraid of being rejected, criticized, or abandoned. You are a people pleaser and are afraid of disappointing and upsetting others. Wow. Sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) You experience high levels of shame, guilt, and anxiety. You need others to like you or feel the need to be in a relationship to feel okay about yourself. You react to everyone's thoughts and feelings and become defensive if someone doesn't agree with you or believe. <clears throat> or believe them. That's it. No, that really sounds like me. How does oh. one come codependent? <laughs> like over t- over time, um, lack of uh, self esteem um, is really kind of where it stems from. You don't feel like you have your own identity. 
Mm. So it gets, you feel like you have to attach to others for some sense of purpose. Yeah. Um, you know, because you don't have it within your, yourself. Yeah. I imagine it's probably like one of those situations where you are very performative in everything that you do. Maybe like as a kid, like you felt like you had to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. Like I know I listened to a podcast where they were talking about like, I think it was called The Good Child. Something where like, let's say you did anything that was considered out of the norm for your family. Then you were labeled as the bad kid if you had your own identity mm-hmm. and you just kind of weren't the same as everyone else. Um, so I just imagine it being like one of those things where like you had to always perform for someone to see you or to sell you you're beautiful or to say you did a good job or to say I'm mm-hmm. proud of you. So then you just start doing what you thought everybody wanted you to do to hear those words of affirmation. Yeah. I, I imagine. Yeah. Like your validation is yeah. tied up into other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so until you can validate yourself, then you're going to be seeking that from other people. Yeah. And so then that creates that code codependency. You know what I mean? Like I can't think on my own. I can't make decisions on my own. You know, I need others. So mm. I could see that. <laughs> my parents, for sure. Cause my mom was like she was there. She was a good mom, but emotionally she wasn't she didn't really know how to be like be there emotionally or like be really present um and then of course my dad so yeah i could see that it could also be anxiety too it could also be rooted in that so one who is experiencing pretty severe anxiety but presents themselves as sort of high functioning Mm -hmm. um they really could be severely anxious Mm -hmm. and so that's where that codependency comes into being attached to other people again to make you know that helps them to kind of feel safe or you know um that they they don't have to rely on themselves hmm i think let me pull it back up because i lost it for a second the one thing i know that um i struggle with is taking on other people's issues you struggle with taking them on yeah like not to not take them on like i want to help okay like if i see because somebody you're need, empathic I, <laughs> okay <laughs> we're <laughs> Having empathy is a good thing. You don't want to be dependent. Um, yeah, I feel like I've I've struggled with that. Um, I'm not really a people pleaser, but I don't like conflict either. So, but I know what that I I know what that stems from. But I I don't like conflict. So if it's more so like okay, if this will just end whatever this little thing is, yeah. we could just do it that way. But that's not being codependent on no. someone. Okay. Codependency is really like you're relying on other people for, you know, your validation or, you know, your emotional support or to make decisions, you know, um, or to see value in yourself. You know what I mean? <clears throat> it's kind of that idea where um, I need people to tell me I'm pretty or I don't think I'm pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're the de- you're the. De- essentially dependent upon others um, for what, you know, whatever, whatever your you need, need is, you know. Hmm. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so maybe I'm not borderline codependent. No, I don't think you are. You're very independent. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Okay. Right, okay, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on to uh, gender roles. What women bring to the table? What women bring to the table when she wants a man to do everything? Um, this is another Twitter thread. Says women get on this app every day talking all types of shit about what <laughs> men don't do or the bare minimum they do. <clears throat> but what the fuck are y'all offering up besides <laughs> some ass and a fucking headache? Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> too many women feel way too entitled to a man's resources without having much to reciprocate and be quick to talk some shit about a man shit as a woman it's exhausting to see i can only imagine how men feel seeing that shit i didn't want to sit her because i just felt like it wouldn't make sense <laughs> so what y'all think See, I'm a rare breed, you know what I mean? Like, I'm out here trying to get the biggest bag so I can bring to the table. You know what I mean? But I think that was my raise, you know, how I was raised too, because it was the idea of like be your own person, you know, get your own. And then when y'all come together as a you know couple, that's just more for y'all to have together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so that's purely my mindset. Like I want to be the best that I can be, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And you be the best you can be. And then, you know what I mean? We can take even more trips than yeah. I would alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I agree with that. I did a show recently, a YouTube show with someone, and we talked about gender roles. And I feel like I had said something on there where I was just like, I just don't understand the narrative where, like, a lot of women is like, oh, if you don't pay all the bills, you're not my man. Like, you're my roommate. Or you can't be my man if you don't do this and that. The man got to pay all the bills and pay for all the trips and all the dinners. And I'm just like, Hmm. why? I just, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying, by all means, if there is a man out there for you that wants to do all that, that's fine. I'm not saying that I'm not going to allow a man to do that. But for that to be your expectation, like, I just think that's unfair. Yeah, you're right. We need to do some research (laughs) where where that comes from. Because you're right. Like, why do you have that expectation? But they better be careful because wasn't there a story recently where um, a girl said she was dating? They were literally just dating. Mm hmm. And he, like, put her up in this nice condo, paid all her bills or whatever. And then, like, he was done out of the relationship or they broke up or whatever. And then she feels like he should still... Continue to pay her bills. Feels, she got yeah. a whole new nigga. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Um... Yeah, it's so I'm like, first of all, why would you want to put yourself in that type of situation of where right. you're now de- dependent, dependent on mm-hmm. someone else? And so when he leaves your ass or, you know what I mean, like, things don't work out, then what? Yeah. Or he decides to up and stop paying for you and your nigga to live in this condo and then you <laughs> sitting out on the cold streets of New York. But what's yeah. up with your new nigga? Because your nigga felt like it was a come up. Right. Like he was all, let's take this nigga's money. Yeah, it's a Instagram um, page called Eight at the Table. It's really good conversation. I would be with him. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. I agree with you guys. Like it's the entitlement factor <clears throat> for me where it's just like you think because you got a pussy, you should get all of this, which right. I mean, I, I am full in agreement that women should know that, you know, 
Right. We are the prize. Like, <laughs> and men really only do a lot of the things that they do because they want the prize. The right. prize. You know what I mean? So, but I mean, to think that you are entitled to things that you have not earned, mm-hmm. um, cannot reciprocate. Is crazy to me. And I think it goes back to what we said before. This is why men don't show emotion because they have been conditioned to believe that if you just throw some money at something, pay for some trips, get a couple bags, buy some bundles, you don't have to show up in any other way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like back in the day, stuff like that worked because women weren't allowed to work. So they just had to stay home and take care of the home and the man had to go to work. We are not living in those times no more. Like we're both out working. We're both doing what we need to do. Like I just, I just know that men already deal with a lot. So me expecting like putting all that on my man and expecting him to do all that. Like, I don't know. That just wouldn't sit right with me because I'm the type of person like, if I love you and I care about you, like I want to do stuff for you too. Right. Yeah. I think the thing is, is like, it goes back to the last show. Like, just mind your business. Like, if you want a man to do all of that for you, cool. That's not a problem. But don't bash a woman who's like, I don't mind splitting the bills with my man. You know what I mean? I don't Mm -hmm. mind paying for a trip. And, I mean, it goes back to me also saying, like, I shouldn't bash a woman. That's like, oh, bitch, you ain't going to go to work. (laughs) Or don't bash men and make them feel Feel like like, less of a man because... They, them and their, their girl, they go 50-50 on a bill. So what? And again, everybody ain't out here making <clears throat> six figures. And a lot right. of y'all scamming. So, I, let's just be. But that's, you watch it, too much Housewives. Honestly, <laughs> all the women, I won't say all the women, but most of the men that y'all dealing with that's taking care of everything, they got money they don't, that they can spend like that. And y'all sharing. So. Not they sharing. Uh, <laughs> There's only so many scammers and drug dealers out there. Well, <laughs> no, for real. So I was like, they're in the, in the streets, or if they really are these boss men, like, are they really trying to be with you for real? Right. For real? Like, here for a good time, not a long time. Exactly. Sis. So, uh, just, I don't know. Just the judgment needs to go away. Like, mm-hmm. if that's what you want to do, mm-hmm. do it. Call me for therapy later. <laughs> but you don't? That's cool too. No, for sure. Okay, so we're, as you can see, lightening things up a little bit. So here is another uh, Instagram thread. And the question is thoughts. Are you obligated to tag a business you bought from? Um, This is a, let me back up here because it's a video. Okay, so that was Summer Walker, correct? Yeah, she be talking like she ain't got no voice. Okay. (laughs) So if y'all couldn't hear her, basically she's just saying like um, someone kept asking her um, if they were going, if she was going to tag their business, she bought from them and she's like, I'm a customer, you know, I'm not obligated to tag your business. Mm -hmm. Um. 
I don't have summer walker money. Um, but I feel like there's nothing wrong. No, you're not obligated, but I'm big on supporting people. And I'm not necessarily the type of person that's like, oh, you got to pay me to promote your yeah. business. Like I've had people, I, I guess because we have podcasts or whatever, I've had people reach out like, oh, well, how much are you charge to share this post? Or I'm like, nothing. Like <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, just send it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I don't think there's anything wrong with supporting people. Now, in a situation with Summer Walker, like, you could literally make or break somebody's business. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if you tag them, they could blow up. So, to do it, it's not going to take you but two seconds. No, again, you're not obligated. Would mm-hmm. it be nice? Especially if you like the clothes. Yeah. Why not? And I think that people are so quick to go and talk about um, a business that they're not satisfied with. Mm-hmm. But people aren't as quick to go and say, I was completely pleased with my outfit or whatever the service was that you were received. People don't do that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, why not? Mm-hmm. For me. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I definitely, like when I post stuff, even though I'm nobody, but I still try to, you know, show love and tag the person that did the service or people ask like, oh, who did your lashes? Where'd you get that from? I'm spreading the word. So, I agree double time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next, I think this is a video, guys. So it says, Is she wrong for not supporting her man? Oh, no, it's, it's not a, a video. Okay, it's a thread. All right, to okay. sum it up, so you don't have to read it all. Okay, basically, there's this couple, and um, I think the woman started making like more money and so her man was like okay well since you're bringing in more money I want to take like a month off of work because my mental health like I'm not doing good I want to go see get help see somebody for a month just let me take off whatever whatever and she was not okay with that Mm. she was like if you don't want to work I'm not being with you no more and he was like well that's not affair because at one point you know I was letting you go to school full time and I was taking care of everything you can't reciprocate that energy so he was like I'm cool like I'm done with you and she was like I was just joking yo this is funny <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna read this first one though Can I? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry okay she said hey babe guess what he said what babe she said I got the job 70k a year he said that's amazing babe couldn't have come at a better time now I can Step down from my position and focus on my mental health with a smiley face at the end. She said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, no, sir. <laughs> he said, babe, I'm not happy at this job. The money is great, but <clears throat> I've been working too hard for four years straight. I stayed so you could finish your degree. I just want a less stressful job. I'm depressed here. She said, depressed? Question mark. <laughs> How when you make yeah. six figures? Trick. <laughs> Depressed. <laughs> Depressed. How when you make six figures and we have everything we need, Patrick? You're telling me about your depression now, so you're going to be unemployed while I pay all the bills. Never mind. Let me shut up because I just said I wasn't judging nobody. Anyway, yeah. She is wrong. wrong. I think if, you know, if he worked full time so that she could finish school and she didn't have to worry about anything and he's not even asking for like a extreme long period of time. And if I would imagine 
he has saved up some money if he's making six figures that four month ain't gonna kill you mm-hmm. especially because you know you got a partner that has proven that he would do the same for you right so i think she won yeah for sure i guess being a mental health professional i would say girl if this man is communicating that you know i mean he's struggling and that he needs a break absolutely support him because if you don't and he continues you know what I mean? And he has this breakdown, you know what I mean? Or just falls apart and can't work, you know what I mean? Then you're going to be maybe worse off yeah. than mm-hmm. if, you know what I mean, he was able to um, resign from this position, get himself together, and then maybe even get a better position, you know what I mean? Versus right. like doing something to where he gets fired. Yeah. You know, and then that's the situation. Yeah. So it's kind of like take your break when you need it, and praise him for communicating his feelings. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like, girl, I didn't agree when she was like, "You make six figures, and we have everything we need." Like that doesn't mean he's happy. Yeah. Right. Like people, they're the richest people have everything they need, and they're still not happy. Mm-hmm. And they kill themselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they do. Um, I don't know. She's not right. Okay, so this is a question for the table. What's the most embarrassing thing you've done in front of a guy? I meant to take this off. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I was going to say, I haven't, I can't even think. I was sitting here trying to think when I seen it, and I don't know. The most embarrassing thing? Maybe past gas when you thought you had clutched, you know, you <laughs> thought you had clutched it. That was the only thing I came to mind for me. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. I'm like, there you got a story. <laughs> I think you know it already. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Definitely passing gas. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> one time, <laughs> uh oh, I got a couple. <laughs> one time, okay, so I was dating this guy for a while, and I'm just not comfortable with like shitting in front of people. <laughs> I shit. And I was scared to keep flushing the toilet. I clogged this toilet. <laughs> you clogged this toilet. <laughs> oh no. oh my god so embarrassing um the second you had poop in the thing you had to call it and he didn't have a oh my god wow (laughs) so embarrassing um the second one um, one time we went out, got really drunk, straight off the plane, no food. And when we got to the house, I threw up all over his bed, all over his floor, and I peed on the bathroom floor. <laughs> wow. I woke up the next day and I was on the couch. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> Oh my god! Did, were you like? I didn't to, tell you that. No, girl. And you pissed on his floor. Okay, you know how like the drop on a dress. Oh, like how we get here? I think I was naked. Oh, oh god. 
You know I like you. <laughs> I was sitting on the floor throwing up in the toilet oh, and that pressure. Yeah, <laughs> you can't throw it back. <laughs> It came out of both ends. Oh my! I was like, "Wow, you still love me." <laughs> I woke up the next day, and he was like, "You threw up and you pissed on my floor, and I had to clean it up." I was like, "Wow." Mm-hmm. Woo! Mm-hmm. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the good time. Oh. I can't think of anything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> else. <laughs> The only thing, and he wasn't even anybody I was dating, and I think I don't think you was with us. But the only thing that stood in my mind is that night that we was out with what we talking about. Oh my god! And I was so drunk. We was in Waffle House. I literally like projectile vomited at the table. Like that we didn't have to run me to the bathroom. Like it just literally, we was sitting there and it just. It was bad. Well, she said she opened the store and the girl like, my bad. My girl threw it up. Like, it was at the bathroom and everything. She put the girl out because I literally was <laughs> All I know is the next day, Brandy was in the hospital. I'm like, what the fuck happened when I left? Like, <laughs> I just remember me and Lynn making it to the house and I put the trash can by my bed. But by that next morning, it was... Over. Crown apple like, ain't been the same since. I won't drink it. <laughs> I won't touch it. I will not touch it. Anytime I've gotten alcohol poisoning, it's been off of crown apple. Listen, we had a big bottle of crown apple and wing stop. We did. We show never came out. <laughs> right. Trash. That show never made it to the day. Oh, we never put that show mm-hmm. out. There. Well, it was because we everybody was drunk and talking crazy. They was spilling all the beans. I was like, wow. I <laughs> like, wonder if anybody crazy. has that recording still. Mm-hmm. They have it. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to listen to it. <laughs> okay. All right. So y'all, we already an hour and a half in. So um, <clears throat> I don't want to end on a sad note. Can we not talk about daddy issues? No, I'm not talking about. Please, no. Do we want to do the things to stop telling black men? Yes. Okay. Because we kind of already talked about unlearning a little bit. Yes. Okay. Here are nine things you should stop saying to to a black man who is hurting. Says, man up. Telling someone to man up as a response to their expression is detrimental to their mental health. Instead, you should dig deeper to understand why they feel the way they they do. Says, stop crying. Crying is healing. Human Humans cry. We are allowed to be human. See my previous post. Black men, here's why you should cry for the benefits of crying. Number three, you're too sensitive. This is normally used to invalidate a black man or boy's feelings. We are allowed to be sensitive, black men. If someone says you're too sensitive, your response should be you're too insensitive. Number four, it could be worse. A lot of people think this is a great way of getting someone to be grateful for their situation, but it actually invalidates the person and marginalizes their experiences. Instead, you should offer empathy and understanding. Is that empathy word again? Mm -hmm. Number five, time heals all wounds. Actually, it doesn't. People heal wounds. Time is a factor in healing, but only if the person is acknowledging and processing their trauma. There are many people who never heal their trauma and time just seals the grief in. Number six, 
Just pray about it. A black man told me this was the last thing he said to his father before he died by suicide. And he'll never say it to anyone hurting again. He wasn't supposed to be ending on a sad note, guy. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be sad. Me either. I thought it was going to be uplifting. (laughs) Seven, you'll be fine. This statement is a lazy way to offer support and comes off as dismissive to the person hurting. Number eight, don't think about it. This is extremely hard to do when you're hurting and it's also not helpful for promoting healing long term. Mm. Number nine, be strong for. This statement promotes self-sabotage. How can someone be strong for someone else? When they're struggling being strong for themselves. Wow. A lot of these statements have been widely accepted by our community to the detriment of our mental health. It's time to offer support, empathy, understanding to black men in crisis. Black men, it's okay to not be okay. Spread awareness, share this post with someone or save it for later. I agree with all of those. I do too. Mm-hmm. I, raising boys, it's like... I, my kids are in therapy now, and my six-year-old doesn't really understand it, but he's in it because we're going to learn how to talk about some feelings over here. <laughs> and my poor baby, he's so emotional, and it can be overwhelming, but I'm thankful that when he's feeling away, he'll be like, Mommy, can we talk? Or he'll be like, can we have a family meeting? And it's just such the cutest thing because I'm like, okay, baby, but tell me what's wrong. <laughs> And yeah, so maybe the new generation of boys and men will learn how to tap into their soft sides. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything to, I love that list. One thing I guess I will tell men is for men who are emotionally intelligent or, Mm -hmm. you know, aware or, or who have done their work to encourage other men. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it's one thing for us to say it to them, but that's sort of like, uh, you know, women, you know what I mean? Just trying to encourage men to yeah. do something. But I think if they hear it from another man... Um, They'll accept it more. Yeah, it's a little more acceptable i guess i yeah so i think that's a good that. that's a good idea i didn't think about that because i feel like like my male friend was just telling me how like he sees his friends you know a couple times a week they have a whole group chat but they don't know what's going on in each other's personal lives and i'm just like that's weird like <laughs> y'all don't talk about stuff and I'm like no <laughs> it's like well you should encourage that like i don't know yeah i mean we just went through a whole is it over? I don't know. You know what I mean? But pandemic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think we've lived in a time where no one could have ever predicted that the world, like, shut down. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, and life is short. And so, we just, we have to talk to each other. Yeah. So, I'm asking men, because not all men, you know, have the deficits. <laughs> so, um, men um, who are aware, talk to those, you know. And talk to the young generation as well. Yeah. I really like, I know I'm currently going to school for human resources, but I really want to be a youth counselor. I really want to do that. Or like at like a school or something. Switch it up? Yeah. Like a guidance counselor? Or more 
I used yeah. to want to be a therapist, but my mom talked me out of it. And even though I shouldn't let her, I'm okay with being just like a counselor. But I want to do it for like the younger generation. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. I think that's dope. I think you should do it. Mm-hmm. Me too. I've been looking into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing I, I think I've learned when I were, was doing my women's empowerment groups um, and just kind of preparing for that. Especially black women. We don't, we talk to each other. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like we may open up, but I think we need to hear the, the stuff that didn't look so good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like saying, I went through this and I've had to learn and I've had to heal Mm-hmm. from it you know because people need to hear those stories um they need to know that they're not alone mm-hmm. you know what i mean and that they're not weird or something's wrong with them that they've experienced that but there's a, there are others and then there's hope yeah you know that you can kind of get through it i think that was our whole purpose of doing this podcast like I was just <laughs> like the whole taking yeah. control where like our bio says we're learning how to take control while we're losing control like just to share our experiences and our stories and be like you'll be okay like we can work through this together yeah so Aww. and like you said not like you're not alone I, that yeah. was like the whole premise of the show is for people to listen and realize like we all are going through the same stuff mm-hmm. like you're it's not an isolated incident so yeah yeah we can do is just try to be better every day. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. I think I, we should title the show Empathy and Understanding. Uh-huh. I feel like that was like the overall theme. I'm good with that. Um, in addition to um, encouraging black men, I want y'all to post about it. Like the person that came to mind that I feel like is very vocal about like their mental health is Des. Shout out to him. Like I feel mm-hmm. like he promotes like being happy like the way to see how his story him dancing at the party like just kind of like took instagram Mm -hmm. like that like i want y'all to not only talk to your inner circle but to like get on social media and make it like it's cool like it's cool to be in touch with Mm -hmm. your emotions and to talk about your emotions and to be happy yeah so i would love to get a couple black men on the show to talk about stuff like that let's make it happen yeah i might have some referrals well, they're professionals, but you want people. It, it, professionals it would be perfect. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, guys. Um, Dr. Maria, please let them know where they can find you. Yes, ma'am. Again, thank you, ladies, so much for having me. But you can um, go to my website if you like. That is www.dthe. Dr. Maria, D-R-M-A-R-I-A dot com. Uh, my Instagram is underscore um, Dr. Maria. My Facebook is, I don't know. Oh, I think it's Dr. Maria too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not big on Facebook. But Instagram, uh, my email. I love emails. Um, I'm pretty responsive. Um, that's hello at the Dr. Maria dot com. So you guys can get in touch. And then I have a couple of announcements. Yeah, okay. go ahead. Yes. <laughs> so I've been thinking about it. So I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but it is Minority Mental Health Month. No. Oh. Yep. So July um, is dedicated to um, the increased awareness, um, mm-hmm. support, and healing of uh, minority individuals in the mental health space. So yes, I'm so glad we talked about it. Yes. This month. <laughs> um, and so I actually... 
have been talking about this idea, thinking about this idea for a while. And so I don't want to leave this month without um, kind of addressing it or doing something. So I'm actually um, going to have not a pop-up shop, but a pop-up night where I'm going to actually host a women's empowerment night. Mm -hmm. And so I've uh, facilitated uh, a women's empowerment group uh, for the past few months. And so I don't have a group going on right now, but I'm just going to do that one night. So it is going to be um, posted soon. So you need to go follow. <laughs> um, that's Dr. Marie Duck um, on Instagram and Facebook. So I'm going to be doing that. So trying to bring some more awareness to that. And then I was told that I could make this announcement. You guys are the first to hear it. Okay. <laughs> so me and my boo. Oh. You pregnant? Uh, no. <laughs> no, girl. No, girl, no. I'm no. gonna say take control exclusive. <laughs> right. Exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. No. This is exclusive, not pregnant. Uh but Mr. D B and I will be starting a podcast. Ooh, so, nice. Yeah, so it's called Dinner with Doc and D B. That's cute. So uh, we feel like a lot of things happen over dinner conversations and over drinks. And so, you know, people fall in love, people break up, mm. <laughs> people think of business ideas. Um, you know, so and we love to eat. And, <laughs> and so, you know, we may take it on the road, you know, explore different uh, places. Um, we like to promote, you know, uh, different businesses. But then, yeah, so we might have you ladies come on. Ooh. Um, but, yep, so that will be launching soon. Um, you know, photo shoots and getting logos. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's in that earlier stage. But be on the lookout. You can go follow the page now. It is Dinner with Doc and DB. Oh, I'm so well, excited congrats. for you Congrats. That's you. so cute. <laughs> Shout out to Darius. He is a friend to take control. Uh, Darius from That's Why We're Single. Yes, yes. So we are looking forward to that. <laughs> well, you can follow us on social media. Our Twitter is Take Control Pod. Our Instagram is Take Control Podcast. And you can email us at Take Control Podcast at gmail.com. See you next time. Bye. Bye.